Doggone it, man. Uh, Badgers volleyball falls in not even as competitive a fashion as we had hoped. Um, we're also going to talk about the men's basketball team at a game tonight. All that and more today's Lockdown Badgers, plus your comments. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. One of your first listens. I really do appreciate it. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. We're going to talk about volleyball, basketball, more transfer portal content, plus your questions and thoughts. Uh, first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. Let's just get into it. Winning Gambler says, not really competitive. Texas looked far superior and more athletic. Uh, Badger Ron said Badgers got uh, Madison Skinnerd. She showed all the tools. Easton Park says so sad to see a good team go down like this. That they got run. The Badgers in the Final Four lost to Texas. Um, they only won one set. Two, the last two sets really weren't even competitive. Uh, it felt like Texas was in complete control of this. And again, I've talked about it. Right, I I'm not a volleyball person. I don't really know the sport. I don't really follow it, but. It, to me, volleyball is like the Olympics, right? When the stakes get high. And for me, it's obviously the USA, right? When the USA is in the Olympics, it's not like I follow swimming or track and field, but when, when the Olympics come around, I'm a diehard. Like, I'm like, crush Ethiopia, let's go, right? Like, volleyball is the same way. When the tournament starts, I love watching Wisconsin volleyball. They had an incredible year there. And I wrote it on my board back here. It's a heck of a year. You got to the final four, that's a heck of a year. But they just got outclassed. Texas looked more athletic. It looks like we're a libero short, um, and it looked like they kind of fell apart. I, I don't, I don't know. I defer to people who know the sport far better than I do, which is a lot of people. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a coaching thing, an execution thing. It felt like Texas was more athletic. It felt like their libero, who, which is a term I just learned last year, was all over the place. I mean, she was incredible. It sucks. Like, it sucks to have such a dominant year and have such an incredible year, and you get to that point, and you kind of face plant. Like, you, if you lose in five sets, if you lose and it's a close match, it's it's not okay. It doesn't make it better. But you you hate to go out on a whimper. And I put that in the Discord. It felt like, it felt like the women's team went out on a bit of a whimper. And the team has been better than that all year. I mean, started 18 and 0. It's, it, it sucks. It just sucks. Um, and again, I don't know the sport. Uh, I really don't, but I cheer like hell for Wisconsin. Uh, Hooger says you were in the discord with us. Tough night for the volleyball program. Lose like that to Texas. And now we go into rebuilding. Are we rebuilding? I don't know. Like, again, I don't follow the sport enough. Um, Cam says, I was thinking, wow, I hope Ryan does a therapy session because that match was sad. And here we are much appreciated. Nah, thank you, Cam, for jumping in. It sucks. Like, Again, I, I was so excited. Uh, we won the second match, and and then it, our second set. Sorry, and then it just it felt it, it felt like we lost our composure. There was a bunch of service errors. We couldn't we couldn't handle their serves. Um, there was an inability at times to string together consecutive plays. It felt like Texas went on a run both in the third and the fourth set that we were never able to regain that momentum from. Again, I don't. I, I can only say it so many times. I really don't know the sport of volleyball. I, I would love to hear from people who know it more, like what happened. Like at one point in that second, third set, we were down, was it 15 to four? 
I mean, I put it, I question, I put a question in the Discord. Like, is this normal? Do, do good teams ever go down 15 to four? Like, what is happening here? Uh, Robert Sorensen said, just couldn't get a stop in those last two sets. Easton Park says it's a great sport. 100% it's a great sport. Volleyball is a hell of fun to watch. Um, Ryan Dodson says, no expert, but 22 points off service errors and aces can't get it done. Jake Meyer, Mayer, who is awesome, over at Badger Notes says, such a fun season ends on such a uh, disappointing loss. It's brutal. Uh, Easton Parks, hope Texas beats Nebraska. Yeah, what do you guys think? Do you care at this point? Do you hope Texas beats Nebraska, or do you hope it's a Big Ten team that wins it? I don't know if I have a preference in that one, to be honest. Obviously, Texas won it last year, so they're defending champs. Kate Berry says Texas was just better. They certainly were. Um, Easton Parks says, at our best, we were the best team in the country. Only team to beat Nebraska. Right? Like, in, incredible year. Incredible year for the women's volleyball team. Incredible year. Like, you get to the final four, and by any measure, it's a success. And yet, when you lose in this measure, it feels like a failure. Right? Like, in the moment, it feels like a failure. It, it just it feels like the magnitude of the situation got the better of the Badgers, which wouldn't make sense because this is a, a team with some real veterans on it. I don't know. Again, I don't really know how to articulate it because I'm not I'm not a volleyball guy. I might as well be speaking on badminton, right? Like uh Hooger says we had six players coming into the next recruiting class for volleyball. Yep, it's rebuilding time. They he goes through the portal pretty hard, right? Like he gets transfer players pretty aggressively, correct? Or am I wrong on that one? It feels like I don't know. Again, I, I hate to wade into that territory because I really don't follow the sport and I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. So I certainly trust the people who watch the sport more than I do. Hooger is one of those guys. Easton Park says it was the worst game we played all year. Hooger says yeah, we have a lot of seniors and graduate students. Kedrick says, I would love to see Sheffield go back to a 5-1 system instead of a 6-2, having another DS on the court. I don't even know what DS means. Like I hate being this ignorant on a sport that I'm actually talking about right now. But I'm also not going to blow smoke. I'm never going to pretend to know something I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I listened to the broadcast. There was a lot of talk of a 5-1 against this, uh, and a 6-2 on the other side. I, I really don't know. I, 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 like, I just don't know. It's, it absolutely it absolutely sucks, right, to <laughs> – Kendrick says defensive specialist. Sorry, Ryan. No, no, man. I appreciate the the insight. Like, I again – I just watch it like I watch Olympic sports, right? I don't know much about anything with the Olympic sports, but I cheer like hell and I get really disappointed when we don't win. Like I was all in on Nebraska-Wisconsin rematch. I was all in on it. And I was all in on a competitive match against Texas, right? And outside of that second set, well, the first set was okay, but outside of that second and first set, like it just wasn't even competitive. And my heart breaks for the kids, right? Like you, you – put so much into a year and anybody who's ever been an athlete, anybody who's ever been a coach, anybody who's ever been a uh, support in any level with sports, you know how much athletes put into it and you put all this in incredibly huge stage and they laid an egg. Like they absolutely laid an egg today and your heart breaks for them because they're certainly, I'm not saying they're better than Texas because I wouldn't be the person to know that, but they are certainly better than what they showed today. And that absolutely stinks. Absolutely stinks. Uh, Robert Sorensen says Texas had some hitters. Winning Gambler says, uh, hope Sheffield will recruit a better type of athlete for these types of matchups in the future. It, it feels like <sighs> I had some other people mention that maybe 
we had some issues and maybe we're, we're a libero short, right? Maybe we need a little more of an upgrade there. I don't know. It sucks, but it is a heck of a year for the wins best, our volleyball team thing. Uh, you know, I really appreciate everything they did. Uh, certainly represented Wisconsin incredibly well the entire season. So it's a hat tip to them, but obviously this sucks. This is not the way you want to end your year. All right. Coming up, we're talking basketball. The men's team had a victory against Jackson. Uh, was it not Jacksonville? Jackson, it is Jacksonville State. Yeah, I keep thinking Jackson State. Uh, Jacksonville State, they're overmatched, but I think there's some interesting things we can take from that game. I want to talk about Connor Siegen. I want to talk about one of the few warts that you can see in John Blackwell's game. I want to talk about all that and more coming up next on Lockdown Badgers, plus a bunch of your comments. I pulled some from the YouTube chat, so we got a bunch of your comments coming up. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the number one place to buy all of your tickets, especially with the holiday season coming in. This is a great time to give tickets. Game Time, you get pictures of the seats before you buy the tickets. Who does that, right? So you know exactly what you're going to see. They have last-minute flash uh, deals. You don't have to plan. You don't have to worry about logistics. I am the ultimate non-logistics guy. I don't go to a grocery store with a grocery list. Like I wait until the very last minute to buy plane tickets. I go to the car dealership after my cars die. Like I am not a logistics guy at all, which is why game time is the ultimate band-aid for my life. It gets me all the tickets I need at the best prices, and I don't have to worry about logistics ever. Thank you, Lord. That's what fan our game time does for me. Plus, there's a great deal now. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code lockdown college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms to apply again. Create an account. Redeem code Lockdown College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's just get into some of these comments. Let's talk. Let's talk men's basketball a little bit too. Um, certainly something that's a little more in my wheelhouse. But listen, I would be remiss if I didn't lead off with volleyball. This this volleyball matchup was so much bigger than this men's basketball game. They deserve to lead up the show. The women are incredible. The program's incredible. Coach Sheffield's incredible. They absolutely deserve, I mean, they deserve more airtime than that, right? I just, I failed to give it to them, but that's on me. That's a failure of my part. So I would definitely want to lead up with the women's volleyball team. Uh, but let's, let's talk basketball. So the, the Badgers basketball team, I mean, they scoreboard wise, they kind of beat up on Jacksonville state. The game was closer throughout Jacksonville state's not very good. Um, they don't have a ton of inside presence. They have a couple of athletes, a couple of decent ISO shooters. What do you learn from a game like this? Right. A game where you clearly outmatch the other team, where you have a, a size position, you have a size advantage, you have a talent advantage. Uh, I think there's a couple interesting things. The first is Tyler Wall uh, had a really good game from a box score standpoint. He could have been better. Right. There's moments where Tyler Wall's a pretty good passer, but there's moments he gets tunnel vision. You know, he, there's a couple plays in this game where he's doubled, almost even tripled in the post, and he still takes a shot. I would love in those moments for him to become kind of a point forward, right? Like that Boris Diaw, um, kind of that that guy who can facilitate from the three and four spot. I think he can do more of that and really unlock a different part of his offense. But he had a really good game, right? Efficient, uh, seven to 12, paced the Badgers early. I think he had the first eight points. Like that's a really good version of Tyler Wall. I think there's a level inside him he can still unlock. Uh, Stephen Crowell had a good game. Connor Seijin, right? L let's talk about Connor Seijin. Where are we at here? Played four minutes, came in, uh, got back cut on an inbounds play, gave up a layup, immediately yanked. Uh, got a couple garbage minutes, hit a three towards the end. But 
I don't know. Here, here's my problem. And I'm not saying guard is right or wrong on this because it's it's not really fully fair for me to say that because I'm not in the practices. I'm not in their conversations. But the leash is incredibly short. Like, it is incredibly short right now. And if you're not going to be able to earn minutes against Jacksonville State, it's pro- is it going to happen in the Big Ten? Right? Like, it feels like he's in the doghouse. Um if you make a bad defensive play and you get pulled immediately, that feels like you're in the doghouse. Are you going to be able to get out of the doghouse in the big 10 slate? Right. If you can't do it against Jacksonville state, I, I struggle to say yes to that. I, it, it's starting to feel more and more like this might be a washed season for Connor Seachin. And again, I want to be super clear on this. I'm not saying great guard is wrong for that. I do. I think I, I said at the beginning of the year, I would have preferred to start Connor. I, I wonder, and this is impossible to answer, and it's not fair to, to say Greg Gard is right or wrong on this, but I wonder if he had started, if we have a different version of Connor Seachin right now, if maybe going to the bench after earning that starting spot last year messed with him. I don't know. I wonder if it's a back injury, right? If he, if he hadn't suffered that early season back injury, is he a different version of Connor right now? Both of those questions are impossible to answer, but they're valid to think about. Either way, if you're, if you're Greg Gard, Look at it from his perspective, right? Because I've seen a lot of criticism of Greg Gard. And I want to get into that as well because I'm not I, – I don't fully reject that reject that criticism. But if you're a Greg Gard, it's difficult to play a player who is getting gashed defensively and who is a three-point shooter who's not really hitting three-point shots, right? Keep in mind, this wasn't a blowout game for much of it. This was a nine-point, eight-point – 10 point game for a big stretch of this, this game would the Badgers were not able to create a lot of distance in this game. It's hard to play a guy who's not giving you much offensively and is giving up plays defensively. Like it just as a coach, that's a difficult thing to do. So from that perspective, you can kind of understand it. I, the, the issue I do have though, and where I think that just the frustration could be a little valid, you need Connor, like Connor said, what he hit 73s last year. Like, you need him if this team's going to hit its ceiling and to yank him after one possession when you know he's in a bit of a funk. It feels like you're, it feels like the leash is too tight to me. I, I get, again, I try to be very fair with this. I get where Gray Guard's perspective is. That's an incredibly tight leash for a guy coming right off the bench, gives up a play and takes him back out. Like shooters have rhythms and, He's a rhythm shooter. He's a consistency shooter. You, you almost have to give him a few more minutes to get into a rhythm and live with some of those mistakes because the ceiling of this team's a lot better if Connor Seachin gets going. It just is. Like, if you can get him unlocked and back to a version of what he was last year, this team is a lot better. It's a lot more dangerous. It's actually deeper. You have now have two scorers coming off the bench. To yank him that quickly, it feels like, yeah, you're sending probably the right message, but maybe you're cutting off your nose to spite your face a little bit, right? Like, yes, you can't get beat on that play, wake up. But maybe you need to live with a little bit of that to get Connor going. Because you got to get Connor going, in my opinion, to really unlock what this team can be. It's tough, right? It's not an easy one. Like, I've been in coaching rooms. I've I've watched film. Like, it's, you want to pull your hair out when you see mental mistakes on stuff you've talked about when you see defensive lapses that shouldn't shouldn't happen right but you need that shooting like at the end of the day you need connor's gravity on offense you really do you need another score coming off the bench and you need to figure that out before you need it right that's that's the other thing i talk about 
there's a point where someone might get hurt this year and then you need Connor. You would like to get him going a little bit before you are necessity, like before you have to turn to him. I don't know. It's interesting to me. A couple more things on the basketball side. And then I want to get into your comments. Um, you know, Blackwell, we've raved about him, but you, you can tell the one area where, and it's probably not just one area, but he needs to develop a counter move, right? Blackwell's very good at catch, rip, and drive. Like he gets somebody on his hip, he gets to the rim. He has a great rip through, a great first step. When somebody walls him off on that initial move, he really doesn't have a counter. He really doesn't. Like that's the next step of John Blackwell's game is to develop that counter move. Somebody walls him off, maybe it's a step back into a mid-range or going behind the back, getting to the other hand, getting into the middle of the paint. That's the next evolution of his game. You saw a couple of times in this game, Jacksonville State was able to wall him off on that initial drive, and then he just has nothing. He doesn't have enough of a bag yet, but watch out when he gets it. Like, well, that dude's going to be a monster, but I, I think that is the one spot in his game where he needs to get a little bit better. Chucky Hepburn, four assists, five steals, zero turnovers. Really the floor general game starting to shine through. Um, Nolan Winter, I like the aggressiveness on the shot. Uh, he, when he gets it, he's ready to shoot. He's in a catch motion. Uh, he can really be that spacing four and five with his team needs. I like the aggressiveness. I like I like that he's looking to shoot the ball. I wish he would get more minutes. I think he needs a few more minutes. Um, all right. Let's get comments. We got a bunch of comments here. Um, let's see. Basketball comments. Big Steve. This is Don't Badger Me. Uh, Big Steve imposes will today. Tyler and Steve are, are not super athletic to the rim, but they get it done. They yeah, I mean, I, they had a good game. Tyler and Steve had a good game today. The issue they have is the issue they'll continue to have against the bigger, more athletic front lines. They struggle. But they were good today. They were the, probably the two best two best players on the team today. Easton Park says, guards' comments on Connor reflect my own. This team is too deep to waste time playing him if he isn't going to produce. Yeah. Like, that's that's a fair – that's an incredibly fair argument. Again, I, I think I, I moved to the side of – you're going to have to put up with some growing pains if you want to get him going, right? He's like, I, I think you just got to put up with it a little bit, of, but Easton's point is correct. Like if he's out there giving up layups and he's not hitting threes, the value isn't there. My, my, my point is you want, you got to get that value back somehow. Right. And the only way you're going to get it back is to give him a little more extended run and see if you can get him going, but it's a fair point. It's a hundred percent a fair point. Um, Robin Sorensen did a good job getting offensive rebounds. However, not super impressed by the win. I think that's very fair. They were toying with their food a little bit in this game. They really were. Like, it felt at points like they were a little lackadaisical offensively, kind of going through the motions. I think they were toying with their food. They did do a good job getting offensive rebounds, as they should have. They had a much bigger, more physical front line than Jacksonville State. So, it was a fine win. There wasn't a lot of energy. There was, like, nobody in the crowd. You could tell volleyball was happening tonight. It's not a big opponent. They just went through the motions a little bit, which you shouldn't do, but those happen. You have those games every single year. Um, Hooger says, Ryan, we need to teach you some volleyball. Agreed. <laughs> 100%, man. I, I agree there. Christian Gross says, um, four minutes for a season. He might be gone before the start of the second semester. I mean, if this keeps up, he's probably gone next year. Like, I'm not putting it out there, and I haven't heard anything, but, like, it's it's not – I don't know. Kendrick Stumper says uh, the one possession yank was wild. Yeah. It reminded you of Bo, right? It reminded you of Bo Ryan with some of the, the really quick hooks he had. And I never really liked those either. I'm going to be honest. Now, Bo Ryan was the dude. He was a Hall of Fame coach. He knew more and knows more about basketball than I will ever know. But I think there is an element of empowering your players a little bit. I, 
I don't know. Robert Sorensen says, how can you get into a rhythm with that short of a leash? I agree. Christian Gross, is his leash worse? Oh, here we go. We're getting into Bo Ryan. Is his leash worse with than Decker's with Bo Ryan? Oh, man. There were some plays you remember back when when uh, Sam Decker was playing. Bo Ryan, he would have like a in-transition turnover. And Bo Ryan, he would start walking to the bench before Bo Ryan even sent somebody to the scores table. It was wild. I don't know. It's about similar. I think it's probably pretty similar. Hooger says it feels like a Seijin's injury kind of messed with him. It feels like he's getting into his head whenever he's in there. Maybe all of this is messing with him. I, I think I think that's very true. I think all of this is, is in his head now, right? And put put yourself in his shoes. I've talked about put yourself in Greg Gard's shoes. Put yourself in a Seijin's issues. Like he, he's got to feel like he can't go out there and mess up. Like, and if he does, he's going to get yanked off the court. That's a hard place to play. Like, that's a hard way to go out and regain your rhythm when you feel like you're walking on eggshells. Fair or not. Like, I'm just saying, put yourself in his shoes. He earned a starting spot last year, then lost it in the offseason. He's coming off the bench, had an injury. Now he's not shooting well. He goes in for place four minutes and then gets garbage time minutes at the end. That's a hard spot to be in for a guy who's always been a successful scorer, right? I think for the most part, he's handled it really well. And that's kudos to him. Um it's interesting. It's interesting to watch. All right, coming up, a bunch more of your comments. Plus, we have uh, other comments about biggest portal needs, thoughts on Van Dyke, um, Cola Crew. We got a lot to get into still in today's Lockdown Badgers. But first, we're going to take one more quick break for friends of the show over at uh, today's episode over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the fastest and largest independently owned daily fantasy platform in North America. They are for a reason. Uh, it's where we go because it's simple. I, I can't compete with a thousand people. Probably 999 of them are smarter than I am. Like that's not a high bar, right? Prize picks eliminates all that. I just have to pick between two and six players, go more or less on statistical categories. That's it. More or less passing yards, rushing yards, receiving touchdowns, whatever it is. That is it. It's the most fun I've ever had playing daily fantasy because I don't have to compete with all these crazy people out there that are crunching numbers in their Excel documents and nerding out on their calculators none of that it's easy for me plus now with apple pay makes it quick easy deposits into your account for the football season they are the fastest simplest easiest way to play daily fantasy plus now there's a great offer go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown college use code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to 100 that's pricepicks.com slash lockdown college use code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy you will have a blast it is the best way to play dfs all right, let's get back into our comments here. Um, a couple of comments I want to get into from our YouTube chats. Uh, this is from Eric. He said, uh, with um, the new tight end Jackson committing, he said, I only had to watch 20 seconds of his senior year huddle highlight to fall in love with the kid, then add another clip where it took 11 guys to tackle him. His high, his high school film is awesome. Like He showcases unique hands, catch radius, the ability to catch the ball away from his, basically away from his frame. A lot of things that translate. Right. This this is a really high upside get for Wisconsin at a position of need. Now he still has to prove it. Like everybody who's saying, whoa, slow your brakes. You got super excited on the transfer portal kids last year. I did. Um, that doesn't mean you can't be excited again. Like again, I always say, like, I'm a fan, right? I try to be realistic with it. I try to own my mistakes and learn from them. But this is a big upside get. And the high school offer list reflects that. Like he's one year out of a high school, he's one year out of high school where he offers from Miami, Oklahoma, obviously went to LSU. This is a high pedigree talent that Wisconsin's bringing in that 
LSU played right away as a true freshman. Like, this is a big get. Will it pan out? I don't know. But just because C.J. Williams didn't light the world on fire last year doesn't mean you shouldn't get excited about um, high upside gets in this year's transportal. And by the way, maybe C.J. Williams lights the world on fire this year, right? Like, people are so quick to write guys off that – like he could he could have a breakout sophomore or third year, second year in Wisconsin third year in college. All right, let's um see what else is in the comment section here. Yeah, this is just a lot of comments here. Um, Alien Space said uh, one mistake you go to the bench. Easton Park said the season had a good assist today. I was impressed by. Yep, I agree with that. Badger Ron, I'm worried that Blackwell is going to hit the wall later this year. I've thought about that. It's possible. Uh. The one thing with Blackwell, though, is he doesn't really play outside of his means. So he's not out there playing crazy. Like, everything he's doing is sustainable, in my opinion. Like, he he takes open shots in the corner. He drives when somebody closed out, and he plays, he plays hard defense. All of that's sustainable. He's not playing a crazy high workload right now, and he's physically much more mature than a typical freshman. So I'm, I'm not super worried about it. Uh, I'm really not. I mean, you have to kind of balance it with, yeah, he's going to play more than he's ever played, but he's also an 18-year-old guy with a great body. You know, like he is a really physical frame for a freshman. So I'm not too worried about it, but I can get the concern. The perspective is not lost on me. Um, Hooger says, if guard is pulling him after one mistake against a team we didn't give a lead to all night, the leash is too tight. I would generally agree with this, Hooger. I, w- I would generally agree with this. Um the only thing you would have to – the only area where I'd push back a little bit is this is probably something that – this is not a one-mistake thing, right? This is probably a mistake that's happened in practice. It's happened again and again all year, right? So for a great guard's perspective, this isn't pulling him after one mistake. This is pulling him after seeing a cavalcade of mistakes that continue to be repeated. Now, again, I, I would give him more leash because I think you got to unlock him. But I guarantee if you talk to guard, guard is saying, no, no, it's not – I'm not pulling him after one mistake. This is a mistake I've seen 15 times this year. Right. Maybe not that exact scenario, but that's probably where great guards perspective is. That's not an unfair perspective, even if I kind of disagree with it. I think you got to unlock them and to unlock them, you got to play them. Kendrick is saying uh, Blackwell's getting over 12 free throw attempts per 100 possessions right now. Even if shots aren't falling for him, he'll keep getting to the line. Yeah, that's something we talked about in the offseason, actually. And we talked about again earlier this year, his ability to get to the line and then shoot a really high percentage. That's a great point because it puts pressure on the rim that we didn't have last year. Him and Storr both with the ability to get pressure on the rim, to get opposing uh, big men in foul trouble, to get those kind of free cheap points when your offense is stagnant. That's a huge part of what this offense can do that, quite frankly, we haven't had in two years. Right Since Johnny Davis left, we haven't had a guy who can put pressure on the rim. And even with Davis, he was the only guy that could. Like You think back to that team as Brad Davidson wasn't really doing it. I mean, Davidson would kind of cheap his way into some fouls, but those, those type of players are incredibly valuable. Because if you can get three or four or five free throws a game and then hit at an 80 to 85% clip, that's incredibly efficient offense. Uh, I think it's a really good point from Kendrick there. Uh, let's see. A couple more comments here to get into. This is uh, from Timothy Palm from one of our YouTube comments. We need a hype show on the long snapper transfer, Kaysen Pfeiffer. Uh, we will not do a hype show on him, but I realize looking at your YouTube comment, I have not mentioned Wisconsin did get a transfer portal edition from Cincinnati, a long snapper. That's awesome. Listen, we're not going to do a hype show on it, but the long snapper is an incredibly important part of your special teams unit. And if you never hear his name during a regular season, that means he's doing a hell of a job. So, yeah, welcome to Madison. Absolutely. Kaysen, I think it's a good point. 
Cody brought up the biggest needs, defense line, edge rusher, pass catcher, and offensive line. I think that's a good list, Cody. I think that's a perfect list. I mean, defense line to me is far and away the biggest need. And then I think it's it's receiver as well. Craig asks, I, or Craig says, I think some of the incoming freshman offensive linemen will push for playing time. I thought this was an interesting comment because we've seen, we've mentioned several times the need to upgrade the offensive line. We've seen several guys leave. Um, who on that freshman group could potentially play? I, I have you. I think you have to squint for a freshman offensive lineman. Maybe a guy like Kevin Haywood. Maybe a guy like Mandel, who is incredibly physical and carries the weight pretty well. But I don't know. I think it's really hard for a freshman offensive lineman to ever play. Rebel Within says, Pius Lowry, Pius Lowry, over under combined 10 sacks. I'm taking the under on that. I I think maybe seven and a half would be a good line. I, I think maybe they get to eight. I don't know. I'm going to say eight is my overrun for for uh, P.S. Pius and Lowry, the two transfer outside linebackers. Let me know in the comments where you're at with them, but I'm going to take the under on 10 if that's where you're setting it. Okay, a couple more comments here, and then we'll wrap up. Mm-hmm. Easton Park says, did you see Dylan Graff's tweet about looking for transfer running backs? I did. Listen, I, I would always say this. Um, if you can upgrade a position, you always do it. Right. If you can bring in a running back that you think makes that position better, you do it. I just I don't think there's a huge need there. I, I really don't. Unless unless Chaz isn't coming back. Uh, outside of that, I don't think there's a big need at running back. I like the three guys coming in. I think Dylan Dupree can probably play right away. I think Atuka might be able to play right away. So I don't see a huge need there. Um, but we'll see. L. Mills says we're gonna need Connor as the season progresses. Don't ruin him, Greg Guard. I think we need him as the season progresses too. I really listen. This is not a deep team. People keep saying this is a deep team without Connor playing really well. It's not a deep team. It's not. It's just not. When your sixth and seventh guys off the bench are Nolan Winter and Carter Gilmore. Oh no, sorry, seven and eights because Winters are Blackwell's your six. When your seven and eight are Carter Gilmore and Nolan, when you're not a deep team, that's not a deep team. Like it's not. There's. I, I don't. I, I'm losing my mind with everybody who is like so in love with the depth on this team. I think there's good pieces. Like Kamari McGee came in and played good defense today, but he doesn't score, right? You have one guy coming off the bench who you say, this guy comes off and plays defense and offense. Everyone else is either an offense-only guy or a defense-only guy. Like Connor Seaging isn't playing defense right now. Carter Gilmore can't play offense. Nolan Winter is too inconsistent. It's not his fault he's young. Isaac Lindsay played today. Like this is not a deep team. I, I don't understand why people keep – Pounding this drum. Is it deeper than last year? Yes. That's because last year's team was even less deep. Last year's team was like a kiddie pool deep. And now we're in the shallow pool. Like it's still not a deep team. One injury and one injury could wreck this team. It's not deep. And that's why you need to get Connor going. Because if you get Connor going, then it's kind of, then maybe you can say, okay, we have some depth. Um, Easton says it's, it's deep compared to what we're used to. Probably, but that's not necessarily a good thing because what we're used to is no depth. Hooger says defensive depth. We are deep. The ability to put the put the hoop in the put the ball in the hoop depth not very deep. Yeah, the ability to score no, even defensive depth like we're maybe seven deep. Like Gilmore can play defense. Blackwell can maybe Kamari. So yeah, you're probably right. There's there's some guys that you can bring off the bench to play defense, but that. Like there's there's no team competing for a conference championship who only has one guy coming off the bench that you're comfortable with as a score, right? Like I I think you need you need Connor going is my bigger point. All right. Anyway, we're gonna wrap up there, guys. Um 
really do appreciate everybody tuning in. A bunch of stuff coming up this week, next week. We have, I think, Thomas Heiberger coming on the show. Really excited about that one. I think we got Raphael, Raphael Dunn coming on the show. Um, hopefully still a certain quarterback coming on the show. A couple of recruiting guys. Like, There's a lot of content coming up. I'm really excited for it. So thank you so much for tuning in with us. Oh, next week. Either next week or the week after we are doing our third annual um, third annual Locked on Badgers Christmas giveaway. Just a thank you to everybody who has joined the show, who has watched the show, who has supported the show. Let me give you a quick sneak peek if I can find it quick if I got it here while we got this thing going live. Um, I don't have the helmet up here. I have it somewhere, but we do have a Joe Thomas autographed helmet. We're giving away a full-size helmet with an inscription. We got, this is a Bo Ryan autographed kind of uh, square floorboard. Um, a bunch of awesome content this year. There's like 13 gifts. It's going to be great. So again, it's a way to say thank you. I do it every year and uh, I wish I could give up more. But on Wisconsin, we're going to talk to all y'all tomorrow. You know that. Go Badgers and we'll talk later.